Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, this is the. Uh allergy edition of it if uh, i do apologize ahead of time i'm a little little sniffly so if i'm blowing or blowing my nose or coughing or something throughout this uh, just lovely keep, keep an eye on that it's, it's about that time of year uh no covid here just ragweed i am uh i have one allergy and i'm allergic i was telling you i'm allergic to claritin d i'm allergic to allergy medicine that's literally the only <laughs> i think that makes me bionic <laughs> That, that being, yeah, I feel like that's definitely like Terminator level stuff. It's it's weird. It's, it's it's a little out there. It's not it's not what it's supposed to be, man. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, you know, it was a long weekend, man. We were all the way up in Omaha and Lawrence, Kansas, and then uh, we peeled off to go to uh, Canadian, Texas. Uh, we spent like over a day in the car. I think we ended up being uh, like in our van. I think we calculated like 26, 27 hours driving. Might be a mix of allergies and just exhaustion, too. Could be a combo. A little, I, little pooped. Yeah, a little, little pooped, but, you know, we got back into town, and he, here's the here's the kicker of the whole week. Uh, so, over the course of this weekend and up through Monday, I had upwards of 24 shots, um, and, and and not in the arm. Uh, <laughs> these were... <laughs> not booster shots? Not, not boosters. Uh, man, I ended up getting a lot of shots, and... I don't want to play anymore, Wyatt. Well, you keep saying, you know, make sure you buy the, you know, feel free to buy me a drink or a shot. Well, maybe you got to quit advertising that or oh, start drinking I, water. I didn't, man. Like I said, it was what I thought was really funny was um, we when uh, as a, when we played our show up in Lawrence uh, right before Pegasus went on. Uh, Carson made it a point to announce to the whole crowd, hey, this is Rob's 30th birthday, and everybody needs to buy him a shot. There were literally eight or nine shots sitting on the damn stage waiting for me while we were tearing down. I was going to say, it's the last couple of songs, there was no bass guitar. Oh, <laughs> just well, laying on the ground. Oh, I wish, man. No, we, well, uh, let's, that was a long night. <laughs> let's, let's all feel so sorry for the traveling, touring rock star that had to drink a bunch of free shots. I know. It sucks. Uh, it's fine. It's all good. We, we made it through. Um, well, you're here, so. I am here. I, for some with reason. With or without bail. With, with or without bail, mm-hmm. you're here. So. Well, thank God. No bail. Uh, we, are, <laughs> we are golden. So, um, yeah. Interesting week. I'm gonna say <clears throat> I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say about the Arkansas game, and then I'm not talking about it. That's yeah. Right, let's hit it. It was we got outcoached, we got outplayed, we got outclassed, and it was one of the worst performances I've seen since the LSU game in their national championship year. I think that's a completely fair in fact, statement. In yep. fact, that in fact the LSU performance didn't feel so bad because LSU was so good. Like you're talking about going back to the Sumlin days for performance. It was it was poor. It was disgusting. It was inexcusable. No, and I, I'm done talking about. It. No, and that's yeah, that's completely fair. I mean, you look at that game. I didn't get a chance to watch till the second half, so I didn't really get to watch much of the. Uh, didn't see def- a lot. I mean, I didn't see much as far as like the defensive issues, but I mean, I saw the adjustments for the positive, and then obviously on the backside of what happened from there, just. It just didn't feel like we ever really got our rhythm going uh, offensively, other than obviously we had the sixty-seven yard run. Then we didn't run the ball again, uh, you know. And we, you know, we all heard the explanation from Jimbo as to why that happened. Whatever. But whatever. At this point, just kind of inexcusable performance considering it's what garbage. the expectations are. Yeah, it's garbage. 
It's not good. All right, so <clears throat> that kind of sort of somewhat ties into the topic I have today. Y'all have to realize, <laughs> so I show up with topics, and I don't let Rob know at all what I'm going with. I know, and it, it's just, it you know, puts me on the spot a little bit, but that's okay. Well, it, it gets kind of your honest take on it, though. You know, you don't get to prepare and kind of, you know, it's this is, just let it fly. All right. Okay. What do we got? <clears throat> so... What's kind of the rule of thumb when you're talking about college athletes, right? Kind of unwritten rule, rule of thumb. So I would say my personal one, and it goes back to the idea that this these are amateur athletes to the point. I understand with, with, the, with the new NIL rules and all that crap, whatever. But generally, you can talk about a player's performance, but you don't talk about them and you don't tag them personally in a post, right? That's kind of the general rule is that my general rule is that what you're thinking yeah i mean basically you don't really i mean you don't really talk bad about them you know you try and be a little bit more general right because they're amateurs uh right that's the general rule of thumb there's like you're certainly not going to tag like i'm not going to sit here and say you know 2013 god mike evans had a terrible game and like tag him on twitter i wouldn't have done that even though i mean Let's face it; he never really had a bad well, game. Yeah. But like the worst example ever. Worst like, example ever. But like that's why I used. Man, it, Johnny you know? was so slow that game. Man, John Johnny <laughs> looked so lethargic and not not making a play. What a guy! No, it's just. But yeah, you know, yeah. My that's my general rule of thumb is I don't like tagging players. I don't like and, seeing players and, tag. And why was that again? Well, theoretically, the thought no, no, process. No, no, no. Tell me I the mean, thought process. Well. Before all of this, amateur sports, right? But right. obviously, that has okay. adjusted. So that's what I'm getting into today. Fair enough. So, at what point is it okay? At what point is it okay? Because right? they're not amateurs anymore. They have the opportunity now. They're not getting paid a salary per se, like a you know, like a professional athlete. But they're uh, they're finally able to to cash in on their name, image, and likeness, which I don't think anybody's complaining about. No, they get the scholarship and they get the stipend, right? Right. I mean, and they get to sit here and go on to Texags and talk about the performance after mm-hmm. the game, and they can talk they, to whoever. They do get paid. Know. Yeah, and they get paid. They get paid flat out. They get paid. They do. So there has to be a point where a little bit of that. There's a little given. I'm not. I'm not coming on here to say like I've got a list of people I'm about to pile on. Oh no, absolutely but, not. But at what point do we stop treating them with kid gloves? Well, and let's face it. I mean, college age is a unique time in the development of people, right? Because if you go like the brain development side of all this stuff, right? Our well, brain it's like maturity. I'm gonna say our brain stop growing at 25 25 is about when it stops so there's still a lot of growth there's a lot of whatnot except yet, for sam cassell i think yet, he's grew well into the third yeah whereas <laughs> you look at the world that we're in right now man and it's like you know what's what is the date of maturity well like, like, like when when are when's the cutoff of hey now you're an adult that, that line is wildly blurred. I know it's wildly blurred, but what's the general rule of thumb? What would you say that age is? What's the one well, that right everybody now, I don't know says? what it is, but normally it's you know, 21, 22 when you're done with college. Yet, at the same time, it's 18 because you're allowed to go fight in the military at 18. But you're not well, yeah, to... 18, you're an adult technically. Right, but... that's what I'm saying. Oh, like, yeah, just uh, legally as an adult, yeah, you're 18. Yeah, legally as an adult, you're 18. So they'll cut off at that point saying, okay, you're 18 years old. Now the whole world can pile on you if they want. Or... We're sitting here in this whole college level area where you still got that nineteen to twenty two year old range, right. where these are they're not really kids anymore. But at the same time, they are definitely they're not, not. They're not 
full-fledged worldly adults yet. They're like I said, they're kind of in betweeners, right? You know, you, you had, you well, had the tweens, you know, at 10, 11, 12. This is kind of a tweens going to the twenties. See, I don't think this has anything to do with them being adults, <clears throat> though, because there's a lot of professional athletes that are complete children. No, you're not wrong. So this has to do with we always. We always kept the practice gloves on and, and kept the headgear on and, and, you know, just try to play nice because they're amateur athletes, right? And I get that. But they're, at some point when yeah. they're starting to cash in on stuff, which is the same rights as you see professional athletes can, so they've, they've yeah. been given that right, and, I, and they absolutely deserved it. That's not even close to being in question. No. And, and the stipends and all, I don't have a problem with any of that. <clears throat> right. But the problem I have is that we're scared to say anything about them. Like we'll we'll, we'll nail the coaches. We'll and every time, right? right? So they're professionals, right? Right. I mean, you're talking about you know 50, 60, 70 year old dudes that get to stand around on a sideline and make millions and millions of dollars a year, and you're wondering why the hell you can't make an adjustment in a football game. Yeah, there you're talking about almost a million dollars a game. That, that the accountability is at an all time high. It is, but the accountability also occurs on the field. It does. It absolutely does, and. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the coach's scheme is. If the players can't execute it, you're still not going to win the game. You know, mm-hmm. you can have a good scheme, but if it's poorly executed or if you've got a bad, you know, I mean, it, it goes both ways. There is, and there is a level of, hey, this is on the coaches. This is on the players. This is on this unit. This is on that unit. It all comes to a level of blame. And I think you just saw a huge pile of that at this Arkansas game. We had a bad scheme. We were being out, you basically just getting our ass kicked at every single position on the field. We just were not the better team that day. Yeah, Arkansas is actually a really bad example because everybody sucked. Everybody sucked. <laughs> so, I mean, everything was bad. Uh, I mean, the, the, like I said, the scheme was bad. The players were the execution not Execution was it. bad. Execution was bad. There was just nothing good. And somehow, it was still a 10-point game. Yeah. And that should have been... Well, 17 of those points came like that. Yeah, Arkansas know? should have absolutely rolled away in this game. But somehow... Well, the defense made the adjustments, and yeah, Arkansas st- didn't move the ball. But We stuck around. But the problem is... <clears throat> Like it was, it's just unacceptable. But you know, but getting back to what I was talking about, like sure, there's some individual players that need to be called out. Sure, you know, and I'm, I'm not necessarily going to be the one to call them out, but um, I, I think that when you kind of progress and and make these kids a little less amateur status wise, sure, well then, you know, also comes the criticism, right. Yeah. I, I have a hard time, like me personally, I have a hard time criticizing freshmen because you know it's your it is your first year. It's a whole new level of play. I mean, it's you know, it's no different than a rookie in the NFL. Winning out mistakes and be and and criticizing can be two different things, though. They like, are. Yeah, man, crappy, screw that up. Crappy, screw that up. Right. And like you said, as a freshman at any sport, it, it's just it's going to happen. It's going to be difficult. Um, Aggie soccer is dealing with it right now. They got a ton but, of girls that are playing. Youth. Yeah. So a ton of youth having to play, but. They've got to get the experience that they've got to learn, but they will. Yeah. But Part for me, it, yeah, for me, it's not, it's not the, it's not the youth, you know, because I can, like you said, like I can excuse that too. Sure. You know, if, if for me, it's, um, it's the seniority and the experience. It is. Those yeah. players going out there and, and it's, I, it's not a pan, it's, it's pandemic. I don't want to use that word right now. So <laughs> <it's> <clears throat> you know, it's. You start to wonder a little bit, you know, after coming off that year, 
and then you know this is a little bit more of adult thing now you know you get to have your own brand you get to make your own money you know this is a big thing people want interviews with you they want to you know give you uh, benefits that they're not allowed to give you right um but we've looked at this entire season so far, and I get that there are some spots on the field that youth is playing a factor. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, youth or inexperience sure. as well. Um, and, you know, there's no clear one than that than the offensive line where we're at right now, you know? Well, yeah. And, youth and inexperience is just it's killing us. the name of the game there. Um, and you see inexperience there. You see inexperience at the quarterback position. You see inexperience – um, maybe even you know on a couple of defensive units, despite the fact that you know a lot of people were really high on this defensive unit coming in. About the only thing that looked relatively good was special teams for the most part. And well, we're punter you, man. Exactly, we're punter you, and everybody knows it. Look, um, <laughs> I, you know what? It's kind of one of those things where <clears throat> I'm not saying it's this is because of nil. It might just be because of the year we had <clears throat> last year and the expectations. But maybe because the first three games were not up to the standard we were hoping for as fans. Sure not. Um, and, you know, at the first game, we're like, ah, you know, whatever, we pulled away. It's the first game. First game jitters, we all remember the It Vandy. happens, we yeah. remember the Vandy game from the year before. <clears throat> second, game was, second game was disturbing, but you're like, all right, quarterback went down. You know, it's kind of all hands on deck kind of thing. And then you go to New Mexico, and you have one half of football that's good, and the other half is pretty, pretty trash, minus one drive. Um, and so – I don't know. And, and then they got Arkansas just get their doors blown off in the first 10 minutes. Right. And like I said. Like they didn't belong in the building. No. I And the thing was, I didn't get a chance to watch the first half. And, you know, some people criticized me for that on Twitter. But, you know, whatever. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got to sit here and sound check, you know, for my job. But, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch the first half of this game. But, I mean, I had a weird feeling coming into this one. I don't know what it was. I know we we all talked good about you know the confidence of oh well you know the guys who were going to put it together they looked good against New Mexico. We were just hoping. All was right. just hope. I mean, Arkansas ripped off seventeen points and then they only gave up three the rest of the way. So there was there were adjustments, but I, I don't I'm not going to get into the gameplay of the Arkansas game. It was just it was trash. But we don't necessarily need to. I mean, <clears throat> it was just trash. Case in point, the boys. Found out that this is not an accomplished football team, and they've got a lot of work to do if they're going to salvage anything. Maybe, maybe they're done smelling their own farts a little bit, and, and it's time to get down and buckle down and work and realize that you can't just walk into Jerry's world and beat Arkansas just because you've beat you've, them nine times in a row. Right. And no. has literally no bearing whatsoever. No, and like I said, new coaching staffs, new energized. Granted, I know everybody's like, well, Arkansas has how many you know returning grad transfers and whatever seniors. It doesn't matter. You look at you look at the skills skill positions across the board, and you would say Texas A and M was a better team. And yet, even so, you still lost that game because you had a bad mindset coming in. New and energized coaching doesn't be the kind of experience and talent coaching that we have. And it so shouldn't. They can be all excited. They want to. Right. We just got out everything this game. Well, you look at like a Jimbo, like Jimbo Fisher since he's been here and a lot of the games that he has played and coached in. Um, you know, the only games that were really the true disappointments in terms of, well, we were supposed to win this game and we didn't was that Auburn game. We were kind of on the fence with that Mississippi State game. Those first were, his, you know, in this first year. Outside of that, you know, LSU blowing our doors off—that was going to happen. It kind of blew our doors right? off. <laughs> it's like it didn't matter. Other than that, you know, you were losing to Alabama. 
And Clemson and, and Georgia. And Clemson and yeah. Georgia, who were the top-level teams. You know, you were not expected to win those games. You were competitive in them, but you didn't win them. You, you didn't have a, you didn't lay a clunker that you lost. No, this game was uh, – this is kind of Kevin Sumlin era or Mike Sherman era. What are we doing? Why are we mm-hmm. sitting here spinning our wheels against a team when theoretically, oh, well, we've bought into the process – we have gotten better. We're moving along. It's all lip service right now. Because until they turn around and do something else with it, it's lip service. Right. And it's not just lip service from the coaching staff. No. I mean, and let's face it. Us as fans, us as Aggies, right? There's this whole concept of battered Aggie syndrome that people love to throw around. And the deal is, we know what a Texas A&M football season looks like. Because we've been around it long enough. And it doesn't seem to matter what the coaching staff is. It just it kind of perpetuates. Now, I know right now it would be early to say, wow, this season's completely lost. I'm not saying that at this point because there's always a chance to turn things around. Case in point, look at what happened with Florida. I guess what whatever was 07, 08, whenever uh, Tebow lost to Ole Miss and said we're not losing another game for the rest of the year, and they went on a big run and finished it out. That can still happen. See, I don't do battered Aggie syndrome. Like, I don't care for that. The, the season's over when we got four losses. All right, right. Relative to college football, I mean, you get four losses and, and you're it's it's just a throwaway season. But the flip side of that is all this raw raw bullshit about like, hey, you know, you know, you still you, you need to support the team and you need to make sure you're you're at the games and this and that. And you don't seem to under like I, I hear that a lot. And, and my biggest complaint is. I support this team, all right? I support them through and through. That doesn't mean I can't tell like, tell somebody that they suck. Here's the deal. They played like shit on Saturday. No, they, they did. And and to, to that point, it is okay to support your team and still find flaws and encourage them and expect them to be better. That's just life, you know? Like, you can love your children, but your children screw up, and you've got to – you got to be disappointed in them. Well, you yeah. got to be. You know, you are allowed to be mad at your kid whenever they make a big mistake. That happens. You know, a loss isn't going to make me not an Aggie. It's not going to make me not an Aggie football fan. No, never it's, once. It, but just as we can, you know, just as we can praise them and kiss kiss their butts a little bit when they win and do well, it, it goes both ways. Well, and and I think that's probably the funniest part is like because you see it every every single time, right? Anytime there's that loss, you know, there's that one big loss, you'll see the players come out on Twitter and say, well, don't expect us, you know, don't expect, uh, we don't expect you guys to be supporting us, you know, afterwards. You know, if you can't support us now, you know, don't support us. Our players are pretty good about not doing that. I know what you're talking about. Like, if if you can't support us when when we're bad, then don't be around when we're good kind of stuff. Right, exactly. And, you know. I'm okay with that. And and, and I get that. And and our players typically don't do that. But, you know, it's still kind of a perpetuating thing, especially on Twitter, where they can see every single comment. They can hop in on TexAgs and see every single comment, you know. And we can sit here and say all that we want to say. At the end of the day, they got to execute. They got to be in the right mindset of, hey, we got our ass handed to us right now. We got to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, Mississippi State's coming in. Are they a good football team? No. But Arkansas isn't that great. Arkansas, I don't think Arkansas is that good. We I will think, find out I, more about them this week. I think they're well above average, but they're. 
Arkansas isn't going to go beat Alabama. This no, no. This is an A and M team that should have beaten this Arkansas team, and we came out just like sluggish flat, again. Flat, incompetent. And this is a two. This wasn't an eleven o'clock game. This was no, at two thirty in still prime, prime time. Time kick. You know, you were on national television in front of a huge audience of people, mm-hmm. and you got your ass handed to you. And everybody got to watch here and say. Texas A&M is overrated. Arkansas's back. And all of a sudden, all this preseason talk about A&M challenging for the West, we might as well finish dead last in the eyes of the national pundits now, as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, and <clears throat> you know, like you said, the season's not over. This isn't battered Aggie Center by any means. To be no. honest, oddly enough, everything's still in front of you. Well, I'm you, It's an inexcusable loss. And the deal is you can still lose this one game. And it won't matter if you win the if rest. you win the rest because guess what, Arkansas is going to stumble. There's mm-hmm. no way they're going to go undefeated the rest of the way. They still have to play Auburn. They still have to play a really good offensive Ole Miss team. Do they get Georgia this year? They do. That's next. That's this weekend. That's this weekend. That's right. I was yeah. It was Alabama. So this so you're talking about an Arkansas team which just got an absolute meat grinder of an SEC schedule. They are going to lose a couple of games. So even if they end up running and doing pretty well this season, you're still looking at two, three losses for them. Well, you figured that you could kind of get where you wanted to be with one loss, right? But you were kind of figuring that loss wasn't going to be in Arkansas. No, but here's the deal. If that one loss to Arkansas is what kicks this team in the ass and gets them moving, that's fine by me. Well, see, and here's my problem with that. You shouldn't need that to get you moving. You shouldn't. Right. But it It, does happen. Yeah, it happens. But... My problem is that there are uh, well, there are a handful of individuals that I'm sure have been covered, and I'm not going to talk about them. Um, Me neither. Take it, taking the gloves off isn't something I, I'm going to do, just because I'm. I mean, gosh, I live you know nine minutes from the university, um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I think the things I'll talk about, everybody in that building would agree. Sure. The penalties and lack of mental focus is. At almost a freshman high school football level. Well, and the penalties, I mean, how many times did those absolutely kill our drives? I mean. Can't run the ball when you're 20 yards, you know, when you're first and 20. Which, you know, Jimbo said that, and he absolutely is not wrong. You can still cut the distance a little bit, but all of a sudden you find yourself in passing downs really early in in your set, and that's not where you want to be, man. And then when you've got an O-line that's been struggling, and you got your quarterback getting sacked, you know, after that penalty, all of a sudden you're sitting 25 yards from you know from the line. That's not going to help you. Well, and you know you can, you know you could probably go back and look at the first three games and really see all this coming. Even with Haynes King in the, in the first game, um, you know, there's an offensive line problem and they've got to get it fixed. And it's not just yeah. the blocking and the schemes; like it's the penalties, it's the discipline, and sometimes you know when you see a line that commits a lot of penalties, you also see a line that doesn't cover their responsibilities very well because it's undisciplined. And so much about being an offensive lineman is discipline in your blocks, discipline in your keys. And we have, 
seen so many different variations of what our lines look like. I mean, it's like they keep shaking it up and putting it on the ground. Try, yeah, trying to find the right mix, trying to, man. Yeah, trying to find the right it's mix. It's like offensive line boggle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly that. So, I mean, do you, I fully expect that we're going to see that happen again this weekend because clearly what happened last weekend didn't work. Didn't work, yeah. Well, and you, you get Layden Robinson back next week, so I think, yeah, that's – That's what I – and that's it's better. A bi- it's a big thing. It, it is a big it, thing. That's a big cog because you're talking about – I mean, there's only five of them, so when when one of them can come back, that's as good as he is. Right, and um, and you'd expect balls being thrown to certain players that catch balls well in the past. They need to be caught. Um, not once again, not naming names here, but the whole idea is it doesn't help your young quarterback when you're putting the ball on the money and you still can't catch it. Well, yeah, um, yeah. You looked at. The Colorado game, and you looked at New Mexico, and now we have Arkansas as a data point, right? Sure. And Arkansas is really the first solid data point that we have. The other three yeah. are, are tough to kind of kind of draw a whole lot from. But we had one long bomb to Demas, right? And it was a great bomb. Yeah, but... beautiful. We had a somewhat long touchdown pass to Moose. Sure. Um, and then the pass to Spiller. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of as vertical as we've as as we've gotten. Right. I mean, you've had some decent passes over the middle to Watermeyer, and you've had a handful of other little out routes but to Chase Lane. But it's never really something that's you know more than twenty yards down the field. Exactly. You know, those it makes are it really easy to play defense when you don't expect anything to happen past twenty yards. Right. And I mean, yeah, it's just. There are a lot of things that need to get fixed. I'm not going to sit here and go through the checklist. Cause yeah, we don't have to. We'll, we'll be here forever. Not exactly. to mention it's everybody knows <clears throat> what needs to get fixed. You know, it's okay. it's a whole team concept. But, you know, that, like, like you said, though, you know, it's, it's, you know, these kids, they get on message boards and they get on. But, hey, you know, at, at some point you got to grow up, right? If they're in this to become a professional – then no time like the present to to start working on that side of it and not just doing the interviews but taking the criticism and it sucks but that's part of being in that spotlight and being in that position is that unless you're on 100% of the time there's going to be criticism and you're going to have to well, deal with well, it well exactly here's the deal not everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time you've got to sit there take the criticism and grow from it i mean you know there was that what was that video that got posted of the oregon coach and everybody was ripping on the oregon coach for coaching what a novel thought and the thing is i really liked the player's body language he's standing there looking him straight in the eye replying yes sir Mm -hmm. yes sir yes sir and that's coaching that's what these players got to do you have to sit there take the problems and then fix them you know, you don't sit here and keep making the same mistake. That's what gets people fired. You know, yep. it, you know, it's like, you know, case in point, when I when I've got hired on here, you know, I got told, you know, if you end up blowing a deal, you know, like it would have been a $500 job for me or whatever, that's what I would have gotten paid. And I blow that deal, well, it's a 500, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's hey, it's a $500 uh, you know, lesson that you learned. Yep. And then you grow from it and you don't do it again. Because if I have to fire you after the one time, guess what? I'm going to have to spend another $500 on somebody else to make the same mistake later. So you learn from your mistake, you get better, and you, like I said, you make those proper adjustments. So I like to see the, you know, the line kind of shore things up this week. 
Mississippi State. Kinda. I mean, you know, I mean, you know what I mean. They need to shore it up, and you want to see more confidence in the quarterback position. Um, I did want to pull up a couple of the questions because I think that's kind of relevant for what we've got going on right here. Um, first question for the Red Ass Podcast. This is from Dave um, from the, our Rowdy Boys. Uh, he said, "Do we have an OC problem or a quarterback problem?" We have a quarterback problem. Uh, abandoning the run <laughs> game after Spiller's touchdown was unbelievable. Yeah, well, we address that a little bit in the sense that you, when you're behind the chain so far, it's running, tough. Unfortunately, you kind of take run. You have to take running off the table. Um, and I know that sucks, but when it's first and 20, the likelihood, with, especially with our offensive line, the likelihood of picking on 20 yards in three plays is it's, nil. Uh, well, especially on the especially in the run game. You know, it's kind of tough. I mean, yeah, every once in a while you're going to have that one where they kind of everybody bites on a pass and you can run right mm-hmm. up the middle, but that doesn't happen often. Um, but it goes back to what we talked about, mistakes. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's an OC problem. I definitely think it's just – I mean, I think a lot of it. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a blend. I, I I've got yeah. I've got some to put on the OC because, um, like that. Look, this kid was a was second string at a Division one program in the SEC. Okay, yeah. and so he's got talent. Um, sure, better than third string guy, right? He's got to be right. So that's how they do the depth chart and, now. And, and, uh, well, so, yeah, the third string guy that's a walk on. Yeah. So. And the four string guy that's a tight end, right? Um, and that wasn't going to be another question that was asked. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to, that. to that in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> but and, and I get, I get having to go slow and, and and doing as much as you can help your quarterback out as an offensive coordinator. I do, I do, I do. I promise, I do. You know, swing passes, quick slants, little hitches with the tight end. At some point, you got to take the reins off, man. And so you have to get to the point where you're not babying the quarterback along because all you're doing is screwing the offense, and he's not developing. Right. So, so Dickey gets some blame in this. I would say we need to, we do need to take off the training wheels a lot a bit, and you know, lean on the running game when the opportunities are there. Don't force passes when they're bad. You know, if they need to go out of bounds, throw them out of bounds. And honestly, just the idea of this, you know, of just poise. Well, you you've got you've got to expand this offense downfield and from sideline to sideline because you've Stretch got to him. create space yeah. to where Calzada can get the damn ball out of his hands faster. Yeah, and because it, if it's if it's a moment of indecision, he's pulling it down, and that's a problem. Yeah, and the whole idea is you know you want to take pressure off the O line, you want to take pressure off of uh, off of Calzada, you want to take pressure off of all these. Just everybody just calms down and can go down there and score points and do good. Cal. Calzada will take a lot of pressure off of himself by making decisions. And I agree, t- and and that's where sometimes I wonder if we're giving the offensive line a little bit too much shit because at some point, like they're not expected to still be blocking for a pass play. No, and they it's the three blo- second rule. In three seconds, if the ball's not out of your hands, you're gone. The ball's gone, or you're gone. Well, yeah, and that's going to come down to growth and you know that decision making, which. Like I said, if you want to talk about improves, he's not growing fast enough. I'm about to say, if you want to talk about to if you want to talk about improves, there's there's one for you right there. Just decision making. Be committed to doing what you need to do, because indecision is going Worse. to lead to turnovers. It's going to lead to injury. It's Bouncing going to lead a to ball off your center's helmet. Yep. Uh, and let's not even go into the Spiller's um, <clears throat> targeting. Yeah, that should have been called. Right. But whatever. What was, what was the other part of his question? Uh, the other question was uh, maybe chat about Stowers a little bit. Um, you know our. Backup, backup. That's the tight end. Uh, I, at this point in time, I don't. Knowing Jimbo Fisher, he likes to stick with the guy that he's got. So he's going to work Calzada, and he's going to continue to work Calzada, and that's 
that's just what it is. Stowers will rotate in just to make sure that we have a safety valve. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we get to our third-string quarterback, don't even worry about it anyway. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because the rest That's of not the better, Aggie Center. If yeah. we get to third-string quarterback, the season is over. The season's over. And, you know, we've got to – like I said, I don't know much about the Haynes King situation. I know they've said that there's a possibility. He could be back. He yeah. could be back. And I just – I'm not that person that's going to sit here and just like, oh, I really have – because honestly the jury was out on him. Yeah, here's a, here's a question. Sure. Speaking of Haynes King. So if this quarterback battle <clears throat> was as close as we were led to believe, sure. how good is Haynes King? That's a very good question. <laughs> well, that's a very well, we haven't good. seen enough. Well, and like I said, we, we saw how he looked in the Kent State game. Was he great? No. He did have some good passes. He did have some escapability. He also threw three interceptions. You know, whereas, not all of them his fault, though. Not all of them were his fault, but three interceptions happened. And mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, here we are going into the Colorado game feeling like, well, had he been in the game – would the result been that much different? We don't know because we weren't there. And, I mean, he wasn't there. We don't know these things. Uh, it's the, tough for me to say. The result would be different. I can't say that we necessarily it would have been – I don't know which way. But yeah. the escapability is a big thing in college football. I don't disagree. And I think he does have that. And I think he's got that poise to be a strong commanding presence in the pocket if he needs to be. Just kind of will the team down the field. Will the team down the field. And, like I said, it's just – he didn't get a chance to develop over three or four games going in, or, you know, three games before he got a chance to play against Arkansas, which I think we, there was a possibility we could have won that game with a quarterback that had been staying consistent throughout those games. We could have we won that game with Calzada. We absolutely could have won that game with Calzada. <laughs> but I think just that wrinkle of the injury threw off the entirety of the offense from the quarterback standpoint. Well, I mean, tack on some offensive line injuries. And, and that doesn't a, help either. <clears throat> no, it's it's a whole lot, Anias, a whole lot of issues. Anias getting dinged up, Chase so he Lane. wasn't 100%. Not Chase, Chase Lane, Lane uh, Chapman. Chapman, well, I mean, Chase, Chase, Chase Lane won there. Yeah, Chase Lane, Caleb Chapman. Yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about all these skill players Awful being early in the season up. to be getting beat up. Right, and you've gotten beat up against not tough competition, yeah. and so all of a sudden, that, hey, that happens. I mean, it does wrong, happen. It happens. But here we are now. You are in. You are in the SEC yeah, schedule. Uh, if we get to Stowers, don't worry about it, anyways. Yeah. So anyway, whatever on that. Um, so Mississippi State coming up. I mean, there's not much to say except better. Just I, do better. I literally did zero research on the Mississippi State game because I'm going to tell you what I've seen <laughs> in Mississippi State. One, this is obviously a must-win. Oh, no doubt. They they all are from here on out. If if we want to accomplish the goals that we set out, they're all must-wins, right? Yeah, we have to win out. That's fair. Well, you better start by beating Mississippi State. And I'm not happy unless we beat them by, like, 40. I mean, honestly, because knowing our offense, I know, knowing our offense and the way it looked the last couple of weeks, I think that's a hard, hard sell. But I think we win that game, and, I mean, we win that game handily, I'll be a very happy camper. I mean, like if this, we get to thirty or more points against Mississippi State, I'll be good. Right, and I think you. I don't think they're offensive. No, and I think if our defense can keep them nice mm-hmm. and suppressed, and I mean, you know, keep them <clears throat> ten points or under, or hell, even fourteen's yeah. fine, whatever. But if you go on and you put up thirty plus, and you only give up fourteen, say thirty to fourteen, I take that. I would take that in this game, and with this current offensive environment, I would take that. And then you got to worry about what that next week's going to look like. But you know, we'll don't get worry about that. We'll, next we'll, week we'll get to, yeah. we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, you know, this week you've got a couple. I mean, like I said, you want to kind of touch on some of the other games because I mean, there's some 
there's some good stuff coming up this week. There's, there's some good games, but honestly, the only one I'll be focusing on is ours because none of that other stuff is going to have any effect whatsoever um, if we're not taking care of business. No, I don't disagree. But, I mean, you talk about, like, for example, I'm looking at, like, one of these games. And, like I said, this is the CBS 230 next week. That's Ole Miss at Alabama. Both undefeated. Uh, you have Alabama at 14.5-point favorite. And knowing Ole Miss's offense, I don't know if Alabama covers that, man. I, would, I wouldn't bet that spread with your money. No. Like, I, I wouldn't – I mean, unless that spread was, in, was within like three and a half or four points, I wouldn't touch that. Game. No, because I think Ole Miss is one of those teams that has proven year in and year out that they are going to give Alabama a run. Um, I still think Alabama wins that game. But I'm kind of hoping that they're tired and and not feeling great coming into ours. That's kind of the hope, you know. But that is what it is. Um, other than that, I, you know, Baylor and Oklahoma State, ooh, undefeated yeah. matchup in the Big 12. Uh, that's fun. Uh, Oklahoma travels to Kansas State. OU's a 10.5-point favorite. And uh, knowing how, I mean, Oklahoma at 4-0, but – if you listen, if you listen to the fan base, they might as well be one and three. Rattler's having some issues with the fan base, and he's having some issues on dealing with the fan base. Well, and, and that was something else that I wanted to bring up because you know you'd mentioned the whole idea of these kids not necessarily being kids. At what point are they mm-hmm. adults? Great example of that was that Oklahoma game where they're chatting, you know, they're chanting for the backup quarterback against Rattler, and you know that's got to hurt. That's got to sting, but how do you properly react to that? Or is it within? Is it a fair play for the fans to be doing that? <sighs> I know. Let me, let me remind Tough you questions. of a statement. No, let me remind you of a statement that you like to use. If you don't like it, then stop him. I agree. Okay, then if he doesn't like it, then he should play better. No, I don't disagree with that, especially with you being in a you know. Being a, a young adult, a young adult in, yeah. Hey, look, there's. I'm gonna tell you right now, being a quarterback, it's all the praise and all the criticism, all yeah, of it. No. You get all of it. So, and and by the time you get to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma University, you are in as big of a spotlight as you could be. Sure. And so yeah. You better start learning to take it. Well, and you're talking about a an absolute. Um, you know, a legacy of quarterbacks at this school. Well, and I can't know the guy's name. I mean, like, but let's be honest. I mean, those are OU fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not wrong. You don't have to say a whole lot more. No, you're not wrong. And they're, they're I mean, not the greatest, Bob. They're they're not. And the thing is, I mean, you're talking about what is absolutely a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. And you know, these are the fans that have been like, "Hey, we've won the Big Twelve like you know six of the last seven years." But, you know, we're still not relevant in terms of how the playoff works out because we always get bounced out of there. So why are we even doing what we're doing? They keep wanting Oklahoma to get over that hump, and I think that's definitely part of this whole SEC move that they're going to try to make. Yeah, they th- well, they think if they can – I mean, obviously, if you can get to the playoffs out of the – you know, coming from the SEC, then you like your chances in the playoffs. Well, yeah, whereas, <clears throat> you know, like even though the Big 12 is an easier path, uh, especially for Oklahoma to yeah, make but it the doesn't, playoff. Yeah, but it doesn't – but we – I mean, but it – it's clear that it doesn't prepare you for the no. playoffs. No. Um, can we talk about the fact that the ACC has been effectively eliminated from the playoff in September? Brutal. 
<laughs> That's old school ACC right there. Dude, they were nuts. And but it's a different situation in OU, you know, because you know, yeah. like OU football fan Twitter is just a whole nother like meth lab, you know, on Twitter. <laughs> and they, I mean, they're insane. Like OU Twitter is insane. Well, so, they are. So when you're getting recruited, they all of them, they like they heap more praise on recruits than anybody. So you're getting it just by the truckload. But you better be ready to turn around and perform because you're going to get it by the truckload, like truckloads of manure when you go out and play like crap. I don't. Yeah. Chant, Chant the backup's name is just wildly classless. But like the booing, because it's OU, it's not surprising. No, we've seen it before and we will see it again. I, I was just blown away by the fact that they were chanting for the backup. That was. I was surprised they knew his name. My, my, my brain. <laughs> my brain was like, that's impressive. <laughs> I shouldn't be impressed by that, but I am. I'm impressed it's that it's happening. Impressively bad. I'm impressed it that it was happening. Yeah. Uh, here's here's another one for you. Uh, that you know, obviously Arkansas and Georgia, which I think is going to be a cool little measuring stick game to see really what kind of team. God, Arkansas. Arkansas def- is. Georgia's defense is so good. Georgia's defense is so good. Georgia is currently at 18 and a half point favorite in this game. Whoa. I would not have. Mm-mm. Is Georgia going to put up 18 points? I don't think they will. That's why I'm kind of a little concerned. They can concerned. put up 13 and win. They can put up 10 and win. I'd say I'm, I'm a little concerned by that. I don't think 18 and a half is fair. <laughs> in fact, the offense doesn't have to put up any points and they can win. We've Probably. already seen that. Yeah. You know, just go just go wherever. Exactly. You know, let, let your defense take care of business, right? But, like, other than that, it's pretty quiet week. Um, Army's undefeated going into Ball State. And then Woo! They, then they get a bye week. October sixteenth, I'll be uh, I'll be in Europe, but I'm gonna have to find TV. Yeah, Army goes to Madison. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's gonna be exciting. Um, I, I hope Army goes undefeated just to throw a wrench in the college football playoffs. I'd be down with it. That'd be hilarious. Um, Did you see them go for it? Fourth uh-huh. and one from the ten. From, they the run, 10. from their own ten, they went for it. And you know what? If you can make it, why not? Bulls a solid rock, man. Well, so like, okay, so Mississippi State and I didn't. Re- I, the last I had seen the line, it was. Uh, nine and a half to A and M. Now it's only seven. <laughs> yeah, no, I know the lines moved. I, I I want to say it opened up at like twelve. Jesus. Yeah. What uh, what, what does Vegas know? Misses that Mississippi State's a lot worse than even we think. Well, I guess so. I just yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of these games. Uh, Auburn's going to go to LSU and lose again. You know, like I said, that one's going to be over there. That'll be entertaining. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Like, it's, it's. I just. I hope there's a good crowd at Kyle. Though. Here, I hope it's a good crowd at Kyle. It it needs to be. It's a night game, man. You know, get out there and support your team. Go out there and kick mm. some ass. You know, who gives a sh- Be loud. Well, it, who gives a shit that you lost a game, guys? Yeah, like, you still have everything in front of you. You can win out. You literally have everything in front of you. Because right. you expect and, Arkansas to stumble probably twice. Georgia right. and Bama. Well, so, we can sit here and argue. Honestly, believe it or not, if you had to ask me personally who I think the best team in the country right now is, I would give Georgia the first place vote. Just based on that defense alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, well... I would make them number one. Honestly, I think they're better than Alabama this year. Weird, weird to say. Weird to say. See, I don't because I, I just I don't trust George's offense. I don't, but at the same time, when you like I said, when you've got a defense that can do what they do. Yeah, but now now let's look like what who have they done it against? No, well, they've done it against everybody. They don't did. say Clemson because they're Clemson isn't worth a shit. <laughs> they've done it. They've done it against everybody they've played. They played four teams and they've absolutely destroyed them. Every single one of them. Right, but again. Yeah, this is one of those the data points thing, right? I mean, goddamn, that Vanderbilt game was just a statistical anomaly. 
You realize that Georgia at one point had more points than Vanderbilt had yards of offense. No, that's what I'm saying. So they've done it. <laughs> they've done it against Vandy. And they they've did done against it against UAB, Clemson, and, which we know sucks. And they did it against South Carolina. They beat them forty to thirteen. You know, I, th- I mean, South Carolina put up thirteen points on them. Yeah, well, that's, that's okay. su- no. What I'm saying is that's surprising. You, and it's funny that you say you don't trust that Georgia offense, but look at the numbers they've done, man. And South Carolina's terrible. UAB's terrible. Still, they scored a field goal against Clemson because their defense scored that touchdown. Even if these are like terrible teams, they still put up stupid amount of. We put points. up forty three points on Kent State. It's no different. Yeah. Well. Anyway, South Carolina's bad, bad. Yeah, like are they are they on the second string of like coaching assistants at this point, or did their quarterback come back? I, I have no idea. What what a situation! I don't know what's going on at the state. Just got there and win. I mean, like I said, that's what's the old mantra: just win, baby. Well, that's all we care about. Please. You got to go out, but I'm not going to sit here and give any keys to the game because. And, you know, the key to winning a football game is establishing the run. Well, we ain't doing that shit. We haven't done it yet. No, it's incredible. Hey, we're going to break off a 67-yard run and then not run the ball again. I don't care what the explanation was. You still didn't run the ball. Well, then on top of that, you can't say, you know, get him into a rhythm early, give him some swing passes and quick slants. But even if you did that shit, you, were still you kept work- doing it the whole game. You didn't throw the ball vertical at all. No, you, you didn't set no. up anything over the field past 20, 25 yards. You're not, you're not utilizing the sidelines along with the hash marks at the same time to spread the defense out. You're not doing anything past the depth of a dropping linebacker. So, I, so offensively, I don't know what you're trying to do or what you're trying to establish. So really, let's just say, hey, Ags, go out on Saturday and score more points than they do. That's that because outside Keys of, to the game. Win. I don't know how. Yeah, <laughs> score more points. I don't know how we get to that point. We'll we'll see what they happen. There, there's no there's there's no offensive identity. I want to know what happened. I really want to know what happened in practice this week. What happens in practice this week? I want to see. I want to I want to see some growth. You know, like I said, you you got to put on your big boy pants right now. There's a lot right of now. room for it. Yeah, you got to put on your big boy pants right now. Come out there and kick some butt and take some names, man. Well, you and do it. And and Jimbo said it last week on the polls. He got in the locker room after the game was like, y'all need to grow up. You know what they didn't do? Grow up. Yeah, no, they didn't. And like I said, he's he said it in um uh, yeah, he said it in his little interview um after the New Mexico game. He wasn't satisfied with the performance, said we're not where we need to be. He's absolutely right. They've got a lot of he's got a lot of room to grow. I mean, it looks like they regressed from New Mexico to Arkansas. And that's that's inexcusable when you put up a Big fat donut scored thirty something points on New Mexico, and you then don't do anything. You got to get better. You just got to keep getting better. It's not a layback and just kind of accept the world as it is situation. Well, uh, and get I'm better. not going to sit here and dump all the blame on the O line either. And, and and I haven't tried to do that, but I, there's a lot of people out there like you know, all these problems stem from the offensive line. Uh, not all of them. Oh yeah. You know, there's a there's a way that you can't. <laughs> Of a phrase it was the sips were talking about like scheming around your offensive line like uh, you can't do that you can't scheme around an offensive line no but but what you can do is as a quarterback get the ball out faster that's really all you have to do because running the ball when we get it going you see a little bit of confidence in the line and they can maintain it but <laughs> problem is is yeah. getting it going and you really can't get it going if you can't complete any passes You're right while the run sets up the pass the pass also sets up the run I'm about to say it, it's a cyclical. It's a cyclical and uh, you know a yin yang situation. These things feed off each other, and you got to be have a good run game. You got to have a good passing game. You've got to keep them off balance, and then go out there and just win the damn game. And I don't care if you're throwing, 
If you can throw a 60-yard bomb on somebody and score a touchdown, do it. If you can break off a 60-yard run t- for a touchdown, freaking do it. It doesn't matter to me. Win. Score points. Yeah, the, you know, it goes both ways with, with uh, running and passing unless you're – that's your army, and you have 384 yards just rushing, and that means win. you have 384 total yards. Yeah, just win. Just go out there and win, man. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just win. So you, uh, you, you know what? They need a confidence boost because beating Colorado was <clears> – <throat> it probably felt good, but it was probably like, ooh, man, yeah. got out of that one. And beating, <clears throat> beating Kent State and beating New Mexico – <clears throat> is it anything to hang your head on? No, it doesn't help you out. So you've got to sit here, take take your licks from Arkansas, realize that you've got some room to grow, and here's your first you opportunity. You need a conference win for some confidence. Yes, you know, and you, the last thing we want to do is have another loss going into the Alabama game where we're going to be playing on primetime, 7 o'clock at night CBS, in front of the whole nation where Alabama's going to put up 50 We lose in Mississippi you. State, they'll be... Sixty-five thousand people in that state. Yeah, and all of a sudden, all this hit the year. Year, as they talk about the year of the twelfth man, there's going to be twelve people there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Uh, hey, I'm, I, I don't expect I, them to lose, though. No, I don't expect them to lose. They need to come out there and win, and I think they need to win and not controversial late fashion. Go out there and win the damn game, right? And I mean, win it convincingly. I want us to be up. Basically, where the game is not even a question about halfway through the third quarter. You know, where the game is out of question that late. You know, like I said, we don't need to be sitting here, like, stressing by the fourth quarter. This is true. You know, like I said, this is not a Mississippi State team that's very good. This is a team we need to go out there and beat the brakes off of. Because guess what? We've got the talent to do it. Just go out there and freaking do it. Yeah, they've just got to put together. Um I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and break down everything. No, I've, no point. Plenty of people that do that, and I'm, it would with that game, with the Arkansas game, <clears throat> it would take a long time to break down everything. Well, we'd sit here for two or three hours and break down every single little bit of this, and we don't need to. And it would all be bad and depressing. Um, so on a on a different sport note, right now, um, Champions League is going on, right? Liverpool's currently up on FC Porto five one in the eighty seventh minute. They are just taking these dudes to the woodshed at their place. And uh, Milan and Atletico, who's on the other side of our bracket, they're both sitting here at 1-1. So, you know, let them trade points, and we're just sitting here building up our goal differential. Can't cry about that. All right, now you guys can tune back in. We'll stop talking about that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's fun. Basically, if you're not a Liverpool fan, you didn't listen to that. Oh, sure they did. <clears throat> you you are a captive audience, my friends. Enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, we got any more questions? Oh, Mike had something that wasn't sports-related. Oh, uh, Mike? Did Mike? Who was it? I don't know. Pull it up. Oh, let's take a look here. Uh, in the meantime, uh, what's good in your world? What's been going on? Oh, here you go. No, great hole-in-the-wall barbecue spots across Texas. Okay. Oh, man. I, I really only know it two kind of holes in the wall. Um and I don't even know if there are holes in the wall anymore. One of them is the city meat market in Giddings. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, what's that one I used to go to in Tyler? That's a good question. Oh, man, it's Stanley's? Is that right? Stanley's? It sounds about right. Yeah, Stanley's and Tyler. Those are really – I when I travel, I tend to go to the uh, you know the, the big kind of – Whatever the names you know, are. Top, top 50 kind of spots. Uh, you know, I try and knock those out. And <clears throat> every once in a while, I'll go to a hole in the wall, but – I can't say that I've been to a lot of them that uh, 
Uh, that impressed me so much that I remember their name. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, like one of my favorite spots is up there. I guess, Was it Pecan Grove or whatever it is? I think it's up there in Deep Elm, up there in Dallas. Pecan Lodge. Pecan Lodge, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Was. Yeah, so I've been up there for that one uh, a couple times now because um, that's where the old Blue Light Dallas used to be located before they closed it because they realized, God, this is a terrible location to have a country bar in the middle of millennial-infested portions of dallas but you know what do i know anyway <laughs> we, we, we go out there and eat at pecan lodge both times we were there and it's awesome it's pecan lodge is legit it's real good yeah. barbecue man so I, I'd, I'd happily go back there though I, there's one you know I, I gotta be honest i had it i ate there at town when i was a kid because it was down by my dad's work down inside the loop and it's one of those things where I don't, I don't even know if it was good or not. You know, it's almost like the memories. Uh-huh. But it was called uh, Damaris's Barbecue. Damaris's down in Houston. I used to love it. I don't know if it's even still around, to be honest. Yeah. But, so what would you say is probably your, your, your like, favorite barbecue joint from your youth? Like, what really kind of got you in, like, saying, this is barbecue, this is what I want to do? Oh, Damaris's, yeah. Because I mean, was was, my dad used to work close down by the church. So a lot of Sundays we'd get off church and we'd go over and, and grab, uh, you know, and grab Damaris's after uh, after church. So that was really the first barbecue restaurant I remember uh, as being kind of a regular. Yeah. yeah, growing up in the spring area, there weren't a ton of barbecue joints, to be honest. Yeah, for me, it was uh, definitely um, like I said, like the one spot that was there in town. Uh, now it, it's expanded since, but in Carlsbad, it was a spot called Red Chimney. Uh, red Chimney was my grandfather's favorite spot. So it's literally like a red log. It's a log cabin with a red roof and a and a red brick chimney on it. Um, yeah, all the, you know, all the wood was cut from the Sacramento forest over there in New Mexico. So it's all right there and local, um, really kick ass. It's kind of a blend of their Kentucky, um, recipe that they had for barbecue that they brought over on their wagon train to Carlsbad oh, that's cool. back in the day. So they've maintained that and just kind of added on stuff over the years. So they've got really kick ass barbecue. I mean, really kick ass brisket. Then I love the pulled pork there. Um, max solid, but they also have got like, you know, I guess, I guess you could call them like more casual options, so you can get like a burger or chicken yeah. or you know chicken fingers, whatever. But no, the barbecue there's one of my all-time favorites, and if you're ever in Carlsbad, it's right there on Canal Street. Go check it out; it's fantastic. I used to love, especially you know when you're going on the road to the SEC towns. Oh yeah, all the barbecue just popping in joints and. I, I love trying barbecue outside the state of Texas. I agree because um, you gotta you gotta test out how everybody else does it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, North Carolina was uh, uh, there was a little um, kind of like a cook shack on a trailer, right? Uh, kind of close to where we were out in Hope Mills, and he was unbelievable how good his food was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, obviously like Memphis and. Um, uh, the South Carolina mustard barbecue, I love it. I, say, I love it. You do love it. I do. A lot of people think I'm weird for that. But I love it. Like I said, I've had it before. I, you know, I think it's fine. I make a mean must barbecue mustard sauce. I really enjoyed the barbecue joint we went to up in Nashville when we were recording. Um, uh, it was that was a real good spot. It was all pulled pork there, but it was, it was delicious. Oh yeah, you know, can't can't cry about that. So, um, other than that, this week, uh, man, we're playing up at Magnolia Motor Lounge on Thursday up in Fort Worth. Uh, then we're gonna be at Cheatham Street in San Marcos, both of which are headline shows. And then we have a quote unquote. Were you just in San Marcos a couple weeks ago? Not, not for a show. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. We, we recorded um, the last part of our music video there in San Marcos. Uh, that's what it was. And now we're going back there again because they love us so much. <laughs> so well, we're going to be back there again for another headline gig on uh, the, on Friday night this time because it was 
Thursday night the first time because they test you out on a Thursday, see if you can pull a crowd. Right. And then they move you up to Friday. Right. So here we are. So here's here's how that lineup works out that weekend. So it's Randy Rogers there on Thursday, us there on Friday, then Tristan Merez Saturday. So it's nice. it's a sweet little lineup there for that show. Um, but yeah, we'll be out there. Uh, tearing up doing our jobs uh, then uh saturday we'll be down in hempstead at the waller county fair oh yeah it's gonna be us with uh reed south hall so that's gonna be a party um it's a co-headline so we get a 90 minute set as well as them so so that's badass um but yeah no just staying busy and kicking ass taking names keeping everybody honest um you know and it's going to be kind of tough for me to keep up with the football game with everything else going on this you know again but well, what are you maybe gonna they do? won't be so mean to you on Twitter this week. Yeah, yeah I really don't care all that much. It's just like, man, I, don't get me wrong. And like I said, this is a quick aside. I absolutely love A&M sports. And, yeah, I know this is the red-ass podcast. And, yeah, we like to talk about A&M sports on this podcast. But at the end of the day, the sports for me have kind of become – that kind of secondary little bit for me. I enjoy talking about them. They're still a lot of fun to me. You do have your life and you have a job. But I've got a life and i got a job. I'm getting paid good money to go out there and entertain people. And frankly, you know, it's you know, I'm watching along with the Arkansas game. It was the weirdest feeling. Because had this happened a year ago or two years ago when this game was going on with Arkansas, I probably would have been all over Twitter just blowing people up going, what the hell is going on? And now it was just like, man. Y'all suck. Do better. And just left it at that, you know? And because, I mean, there's really not much I can add. And, you know, the world does not change when the game wins or loses, you know? You just, there's, I I love, there's a great quote. I mean, did you watch the Friday Night Lights movie when it came out? Yes. Okay. Billy Bob Thornton, Coach Gaines' character, had a great, great quote in the movie. Uh, I have found that there's really not a whole lot of difference between winning and losing a game, just how the outside world treats you. And I think that's totally fair because, you know, you win or you lose, regardless, you're still alive at the end of this and you're still moving on. you still got to move on from whatever that result was. Just part of life. Well, I was trying to get stoic, and really, all this is called is growing up. It's called growing it's up. It's literally called growing up. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's part of the deal. You win, you lose. Regardless, you got to move on from it. And so that's one of the reasons why you know people were losing it about Arkansas. And I said, you know, that sucked, but they've just got to get better. You know, I I put a hole in the wall uh, one time for a Cowboys game. <laughs> I don't do that anymore, and I, and I can't because frankly, it's the NFL, so I don't give a shit. Well, for me, I just. I hate There's the NFL, man. No point in being miserable. Oh. But, <clears throat> yeah, you don't have to be eternally optimistic, but you can't be eternally pessimistic Pessimistic either. Like, the BAS, is just, it's a brutal way to go about things. But you also can't sunshine pump all the time and say everything's going to be okay because it's not. No, we, you we got to grow. We have a legitimate test on Saturday, and how they show up on Saturday is really going to dictate what I think about the rest <laughs> of this year. I agree. And, like I said, we've got a couple of big games coming up after that. So, just got to stay alive and keep rocking and rolling. Yeah, one step at a time. One step at a time. You don't need to think about Alabama at all if you're an Aggie football player. Nope. So here we are. Uh, this is the Red Ass Podcast. Be sure to follow Roy May fifteen on Twitter, Rob the Slapper on Twitter, and of course at Red Ass Podcast on Twitter. Um, be sure if you guys have any additional questions, other topics. I mean, obviously we love to answer your questions, so feel free to send those in. Um, I know we've got 
some plans here in the future for some guests and things. So we're just going to keep continuing to work that. If you want to jump on the podcast, if you've got some things that you want to actually jump in with us, you know, we've had guests on before. We're more than welcome to chat with you if you've got something you want to add. So. In fact, there will be an empty seat here for two weeks in October. So Right. Yeah, like I said, uh, Roy's going to be out of uh, pocket a little bit. So <laughs> and we, country. <laughs> yeah, and country. So if you guys have any uh, – if anybody really wants to kind of jump in and you know, take the other seat, I'm more than happy to have you come over. Uh, it's going to be Tuesdays at 3 o'clock at my office is when we record. So if you want to make that happen, if you can fit that into your schedule, just you know send me a DM or send it to the Red Ass Podcast DM. We'll be uh, happy to talk about that with you. Yeah, absolutely. So appreciate y'all listening. Make sure y'all like it, share it, all that good stuff. Post it, retweet it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, appreciate um, you guys. And hey, look, have a great week. You're still Aggies, right? So. Have a great week. Yeah, you're not stuck in Fayetteville. (laughs) They had to go back to Fayetteville. It could be worse. All right. Thanks. Gig'em. Beat the hell out of Mississippi State. Yes. Yes.